Hello one, hello all, and welcome to the latest episode of The Figure Forecast. I am The Fig Show, Sam Gardner, and I'm joined by the man who's often found in the bus lane rather than the fast lane, Damien Cross. <laughs> How are you doing today, Damien? Wow, wow, that's... Uh... <laughs> That's actually a genius insight. I can't even complain at that one. Um, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> uh, obviously, we're approaching another pay-per-view, which is always an exciting time for wrestling fans. Um, we've got a packed episode of the podcast this week as well. We've got a lot we've got to get through, so hopefully it should be a good one. Yeah, sure. And the pay-per-view starts at 11pm English time. English time, UK time, GMT time, whatever you want to call it. So we're excited for that because we may actually be in bed by 2 o'clock rather than 4 o'clock. So let's jump right into the wrestling action anyway and go go with it for Raw Day. Monday Night Raw. Yeah, so uh, we had quite a good week of Raw, I think. There was definitely some negatives, but personally I kind of enjoyed the, the, the show. I had a bit of a problem watching it on the... Uh, the the first evening trees and I might there's a bit of a problem with my skybox but I actually wanted to finish the show before we jump into the individual kind of segments kind of what did you think about the the show overall I think overall it was enjoyable actually I I tend to agree with you there um like I say there's a couple of ropey bits in there but I think that the positives far outweighed the negatives on this raw and as a general for raw and smackdown this week we're getting to smackdown later but I think on a whole, it was a good week for WWE, and I enjoyed it all. Yeah, the go-home shows to a pay-per-view normally have a bit of a bigger feel, but with it being kind of like a, a B pay-per-view, they didn't really have that dramatic feel they normally get. But there was still plenty to be excited about heading into Fastlane and just watching the shows in general. I still feel like one of the biggest talking points for us this week has got to be Shane versus Braun and their segments Agreed. on Raw. Um, at the time of recording, we're still a little unsure about what's going to be happening at the pay-per-view because they were kind of setting up a match and then it didn't get advertised and now it is again. So we don't really know what's going on. But over, uh, on Raw, Braun came out, challenged Shane to a match later in the night and shenanigans kind of ensued when we got to that match. Shane is doing hopscotch. He's doing like some press-ups ringside trying to... like. <laughs> get into it and then kind of like runs away before just laying out Braun hitting him in the head with a uh, a camera and then like elbow dropping him through the announce table there's another there is another bit but we'll, I'll get to that in a in a second um, and obviously this is kind of setting up them to have uh, another match but up until that bit I was like actually there's there is something in this story to enjoy like it's one of those weird stories like I was, I was trying to remember how this started. Like it just feels like it came out of nowhere in my brain. Like, obviously, there was kind of a little bit of a build up to it, but it feels like last week it just like, well, we're going to pair, pair them together. But there is a good possibility that whether it's Fast Lane or WrestleMania, we could have a, a good moment. And I feel like that's what this is a story that's building towards. It's not going to build, be building towards a great match. There's going to be one moment where Braun or Shane does something that you can talk about and that's fine as a, as a thing the only thing i didn't like i didn't really like because it wasn't meant to be for me to enjoy i think it's for younger audience is 
the weird moment when Shane covers Braun in green paint slime. I don't know what it's meant to be, but... Gunge. <laughs> Gunge, yeah, whatever. Like, it's obviously that's aimed at a younger audience. <laughs> well, you'd like to hope that it was aimed at a younger audience. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't hate it, but I was just kind of like, why, why are you doing this? <laughs> Like, it doesn't need this. Yeah, this this whole this whole feud sort of got to a point with me where it was so bad it almost brings me to tears thinking about it. But they've this week they sort of flipped the switch and now it's gone to the absolutely ridiculous point where it's kind of becoming good because it's so ridiculous. Hopscotch, who's done hopscotch in the last twenty years? I mean, I'm I'm not. So I don't frequent primary schools, but I don't think I've seen anyone do. I don't think I've seen anyone do hopscotch for a long time. Let's just say, but hey ho, Shane McMahon can do it. He maybe he does that in his mansion. When Braun got clocked on the head by that camera, it looked like it absolutely twatted him on the head. It looked like I think his head actually looked red as well. So I'm not sure if it did connect that first time or not. I'm gonna actually say that I'm down for this feud now. I've completely switched gears and I enjoyed this. But yeah, I'm I'm interested in this story. I do want to see kind of what's going to happen, but that's because of it's kind of got that build to a oh my god moment. Like we've joked about Shane being fired out of a cannon. Obviously, I say obviously that's not going to happen, but presumably that's not going to happen. You never know. I get the feeling that something big is going to end this story. Yeah, as long as it's like as long as the match doesn't go on for ages, as long as it's like maybe a short 10 minutes segment with some thing, I feel like that'll be fine. It's When you dedicate too much time to this is when it starts being a problem, but I am weirdly entertained by it. I don't think I can add anything else to that, I agree. It's got to the point now where it's enjoyable through being so ridiculous, yeah. and I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, should we jump over and talk about <laughs> Another weirdly entertaining kind of uh, storyline, uh, the Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss storyline, which feels like we're, we're we're getting somewhere. We might be getting to uh, a new twist in the in the tale. Um, for weeks they've been return of the fiend. Yeah, for weeks they've been not doing much rather than just kind of like the slight interaction, the 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 black goo, the weird Randy Orton clone. But we are we're getting a match at Fastlane, um, Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss, which is almost certainly going to have shenanigans. It's not just going to be a match because WWE don't often do the intergender wrestling, and I don't feel like they're gonna gonna do it here either. I mean, imagine if we did just get the stereotypical Randy Orton match, twenty minute match, chin locks and stuff with Alexa Bliss. That would, that would be, that'd be shit. I was going to say that would be okay, actually. <laughs> that would be shit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it would be terrible, but I'd, I'd be engrossed. You'd have to keep watching. You'd be waiting for something to, to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, the segment this week was just kind of a setup that, um, and I think she says, the only way to uh, for you to get me out of your life is to, to, is to take me out. I've seen some people joking about why didn't you just take her to a, on, on a date to a restaurant, but... Yeah, uh, and then down came Paddy McGuinness. Hello, single ladies. <laughs> um, do you think we? I mean, presumably there's going to be some fiend stuff, but we've been saying that every pay per view for since the fiend 
was burnt alive. Do you think we're going to see the fiend at Fastlane, or if they don't pay this off by bringing back the fiend after a six-month build, then I'm done. The fiend's got to appear at the weekend, um, and that's obviously the way it's going to go. Spoiler for our predictions later in the show. Well, my predictions anyway. However. The best thing to come out of this segment was on Twitter this week, I put up a poll uh, and it was two options. What's more likely to happen at Fastlane? The Fiend hits a sparkle splash or Randy Orton RKO's himself. And the runaway winner with, I think, over 75% of the votes was Randy Orton RKOing himself. And everyone knows that WWE listened to this podcast. So do the right thing, WWE, and give the people what they want. Give Randy Orton RKOing himself to the people. I just do just want to check. When you say Randy Orton RKOing himself, is it a like cinematic style where there's two Randy Ortons, or does he just jump into the air and like fall face first? <laughs> <laughs> That's not my problem. <laughs> WWE can figure that out. I just want Randy Orton RKOing himself. Okay. Um, I mean, either would be entertaining. Uh, I feel like if it's just one Randy Orton and he just kind of like grabs himself around the neck and falls to the floor, it would be too <laughs> stupid. But um, I feel like we'd be entertained. So I'll take either one. Just give it to the people, WWE. The people have spoken. Yeah. Hopefully next week we can uh, we can be talking about <clears throat> this in a really positive light about some really interesting stuff, setting up a WrestleMania match. But as it stands at the minute, it's just kind of. A little bit of story each week. There's not a lot really to talk about. It's just kind of a gradual build over a few months now. I, I can't remember when The Fiend was burnt alive. Six months. It's been six months. Oh, uh, well, it was December. It was December that The Fiend was burned alive, but there was a feud before that. Yeah. And it's been the best part of six months coming up to WrestleMania that they've been feuding. Yeah, hopefully we're, there is a good payoff to this. Um, I'd be really disappointed if there's... There bloody better be. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping the fiend comes out with a slightly new look, a little bit of that kind of he's been burnt alive. He he should come back looking somewhat different, maybe like increase that kind of fear factor you have in the fiend. Yeah. But hopefully we'll find out on Sunday. There's a few other big segments on Raw, uh, but one kind of felt a little out of place, not in a bad way to me, but um just that I wasn't kind of expecting it to go down how it was. Was the Raw tag team scene i felt like this was a bit more of a pay-per-view style thing obviously the new day came out to face um cedric alexander and shelton benjamin shelton Benjamin. couldn't remember his name i was, I was thinking mvp and i was like no there's, a, there's another member of the hurt <laughs> business couldn't remember shelton benjamin sorry shelton benjamin <laughs> um so they came out to face him and the new day had uh more combat inspired gear and normally you save your your, your fancy gear for like a pay-per-view or a big moment um, but, so kind of to me that gave away that they were kind of winning here it was a pretty good match it was quite enjoy quite enjoyable um, it definitely had a feel a bit more of a, like a pay-per-view match than a, than a Raw match because it didn't have yeah a distraction or a, or a roll-up some good spots as well showing why tag team wrestling can be a, a highlight of a show it's on which was unusual because you know WWE didn't like tag team wrestling normally but a good match and then a change of uh, the champions and the New Day picking up the win and becoming the 11 time tag team champions something like that yeah something like that it's a bit of a shame for me to see that Cedric and Shelton lost the belts but at the same time I'm never going to complain with the New Day winning the belts because they're just they're so good I'd probably say they're the best tag team act 
in WWE and have been for a number of years now. I think the main story came after the match anyway. Yeah. When oh. AJ Styles and Omas came out to challenge them for the tag team championships, which to me was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. There'd been a talk for a few weeks uh, kind of on the internet about this AJ Styles versus Triple H match potentially happening at WrestleMania. Um, although we'd seen no build towards it at all, people seemed sure this yeah. was going to happen. Obviously, there's kind of cemented that that isn't happening because Triple H isn't a tag team champion but it was a it was a weird segment but hopefully it can deliver at WrestleMania we've not seen uh, Omas wrestle no we haven't seen Omas wrestle but no, eight... and it's been an interesting year for him hasn't it he started off as a giant ninja for Akira Tozawa yeah and then he was a doorman for Shane McMahon and now all within the space of a year he's making his debut at WrestleMania with a match involving AJ Styles, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, I feel like even if he's not the best wrestler, only if, in case he isn't, I feel like the match can still be great because those other three are so talented. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that it'll be a good match. You've, like you said, you've got AJ, Kofi and Woods in there. Three of probably the most experienced people in WWE and top performers. Woods is going to be throwing himself all across the ring for Omas. So is Kofi making him look a giant and we were speaking about AJ for quite a few weeks uh, about him being built strongly yeah. I can't remember last time he's lost and he's always coming over clean winning we were expecting sort of a big match for him this I guess is a big match is a title match something different for him it's not what we expected would happen but I like it and I'm looking forward to it let's move away from the tag team division anyway and go over to the main event do you want to talk us through what happened with the whole WWE title picture. Yeah, so it was a weird story this week for it. Um, and I'm not sure whether it was good or bad. I feel like there's arguments for for both on on, uh, on this one. But the, the show started with the announcement that Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre was happening at WrestleMania. Then Bobby Lashley came out, was interrupted by The Miz, who was then interrupted by Drew McIntyre in like a, a long drawn-out promo to set up a match between Drew and The Miz to start the show. And then also set up a Sheamus versus... Bobby Lashley match to end the show and we've also got the confirmation that we're getting Drew versus Sheamus at Fastlane and it was just kind of a lot happening with these four guys There's, there was more that happened with The Miz just to quickly explain that The Miz is not in this story anymore after his match he's now been thrust into that story with Bad Bunny this whole segment, there was just a lot going on. Um, it felt like we got like two weeks or maybe even three weeks of story development in one show. Um, I don't like the fact they just announced the WrestleMania match. I think I think I said it last week. It would have been a lot better if they said like, whoever wins between Sheamus and Drew gets a title shot at WrestleMania. Whether Sheamus deserves it after like I think he lost the first match and then they drew the second one is not important. But I feel like that would have been the better story. So overall... I was left a bit confused by kind of the story we got. But each individual segment was positive for me. Drew looked dominant against The Miz. Lashley and Sheamus had a good hard-hitting match to end the show, both of, both of which were positive. And the two matches that got announced, even though I don't like how they got announced, uh, we're getting a no-holds-barred match between Drew and Sheamus, which should be an entertaining uh, bout. And then we're getting a Drew... Bobby at WrestleMania, which is what we've been wanting for a little while. So completely agree with everything you say there. But what we did get was okay. 
in terms of the matches and everything. I like the Bobby and Sheamus match. Sheamus versus Drew at Fastlane will be good. I don't really have anything else to add, to be honest with you. Miz has gone into that Bad Bunny story like we expected, so that would be pretty good for Mania. Presumably it's going to be a tag match with Damian Priest and Bad Bunny against Morrison and uh, Miz. But the highlight for this whole sort of main event picture for me this week had to be John Morrison's hair. It was freaking awesome. He looked, he looked insane. He looked like the lead of an 80s sort of cheesy, maybe like Baywatch or something like that. He looked freaking awesome. That was certainly entertaining. Um, the highlight for me on the feud, although the whole thing was great, uh, was actually Seamus's Twitter story with Drew. Um, obviously, I've been a little bit more invested in Seamus's Twitter activity this week because uh, somebody, <coughs> Sam, decided to call him out on my behalf. But well, every anyone that listened to the podcast last week knows that you called him out, and there's still silence. It's been seven whole days now of silence from Seamus ducking Big Daddy Cross for a match. Uh, because of that, I've been following Seamus's Twitter, um, not to see if he's responded, because I don't actually expect him more to see if he's blocked us for you being annoying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was some entertainment stuff. Uh, the tweet uh, in question has been a, this, well. The Twitter kind of mini feud they've had has been about uh, the poster for Fastlane, and that it has Drew kind of in the forefront and uh, Seamus, in his own words, hidden just over Golden Boy Drew McIntyre's left shoulder in the background near some mountains. I swear I'm there. But a reason I liked it is because after some some Photoshop uh, humor, he calls him calls Drew McIntyre Haggis Head. And you know what? <laughs> I kind of wish he'd said that on Raw. Like, calling him Haggis Head is cool. Yeah, they've just had a little bit of back and forth on Twitter this week. It's been kind of entertaining. You, you kind of got you kind of got to like the, the social media interaction. When it's done well, it kind of kind of adds to it. And they're, they're getting to play up their, their humour. And uh, Drew McIntyre also dropped an F-bomb on Raw Talk. I did see that. I did see that. And well done to R-Truth for pulling that back. <laughs> Getting too From caught up in the moment, but it kind of makes you you gotta gotta appreciate these guys. Even if no, actually, I'm not I'm not gonna criticise them again. Not after last week. <laughs> Shall we just move on? <laughs> let's yeah, let's move on for your sake because I don't want you to have a boot print in your face. But I think we've pretty much summed up Raw there. Would you agree? Yeah, there's a few other little bits, but um, we've got a busy show. So we'll have to put them on the back burners and talk about them when they develop a bit further. So a watchable Raw, an enjoyable Raw. Maybe not quite enjoyable, but I say watchable, so well done, W3. Let's move over to the better show. Friday Night Smackdown. And I've got a question for you, Damien. Were you ready for a good time before Smackdown? I didn't know what to kind of expect. Um, actually, when I started watching it, I realised I was watching the wrong episode of Smackdown and got all the way to <laughs> all the way through Edge's promo from last week before I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> I remember this. And I've seen to, this. <laughs> and I had to rewatch it. Um, yeah, no, I think, it, I think I thought it was going to be a good show. Yeah, I really enjoyed this Smackdown. I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought it was excellent. So well done, WWE. You started my Saturday morning off to a good start. And I want to start with something that made me laugh out loud. My hole made me laugh out loud, but that was unintentional. This was intentional WWE humour that made me laugh, and that was the promo package to the Sami Zayn against Baron Corbin match. 
the bit that made me laugh the most was that it they build it as the least anticipated match in SmackDown history. <laughs> yeah, this had me cracking up. Um, I really hope they upload this promo package to YouTube so that other people can go and check it out if they haven't. I don't know if it's there yet at the minute. Um, obviously, I've only just finished uh, watching the show, but I would recommend searching out this promo package because it was intentionally funny and actually funny, and it's not often you can say that with WWE, but I immediately started laughing like when they were doing it. I, like, I kind of thought I'd misheard what was said, and I was like, oh, hang on a minute. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was so good, man. It was so good. I couldn't believe it. And if we actually talk about the story development as well, Kevin Owens was with Sami Zayn earlier in the show. Sami Zayn was going, oh, so you're going to join me sort of in this crusade that I've got against the man, if you want, man, WWE, the powers to be, whoever. And uh, Kevin Owens was sort of questioning Sami Zayn uh, and his sanity, I guess, if you want, saying that, oh, I think it's just you going a bit nuts to be honest sammy so sammy said well come out to ringside and you'll see uh, all of the corruption against me the corruption that was did happen if you want in inverted commas was all sammy zane's sort of he he built it to himself uh, to do with the referee he poked baron corbin in the eye and um put his feet on the ropes and stuff like that uh, after the match anyway was the important bit sammy went over to kevin after he lost the match and said Oh, did you see all this corruption against me? Did you see all this corruption? Kevin Owens pretty much say, "No, man, you're deluded. It was all your own doing and stuff like that." He'd turn. Kevin Owens would turn away to talk to Michael Cole, and bam, a luva kick straight into Kevin Owens' face, and it popped me big time. Yes, if this leads to a match at WrestleMania between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, get in there. This will be awesome. Uh, yeah, I. Kept thinking like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna kick him, and then they they kind of hesitated a little bit. And I was like, oh, are they not going to do this? But Sammy, uh, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens uh, have great chemistry together. They've been friends for a long time. They've wrestled a lot, uh, both on the independent scene, NXT, and on WWE. But they're always a highlight together. They know each other so well, you always get some entertainment from it. So I think this is a, a good story. It gives Kevin Owens something to do in the build-up to WrestleMania because he didn't really have a story since um, losing to Roman Reigns. Um, and I just, yeah, I just kind of liked Kevin Owens' kind of straight man kind of persona about everything. Like when they were backstage, and he was saying like, like they they've been out to get me. And Kevin Owens was like, who are they? Just to tell me who they are. Like, <laughs> like, and yeah, like that was kind of it's playing up to this whole conspiracy theory, the Sami Zayn character with just someone being like, like you're not making any sense because there's a logical explanation for things. And I think he says on commentary that it's some of the best officiating he's seen from a referee. But you can't always say that. And like, he did it, like, he got everything right. <laughs> and then Sammy's like, oh, can, can you believe that? Like, he did his job, for, like, for real. Uh, um, but yeah, it was a great segment. And it wasn't something I was expecting from a Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin kind of. But it's all good stuff. And yeah. if that matches on WrestleMania, it's something else to look forward to. And yeah. I am definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, what you want from a segment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on from this sort of feud between Zayn and Owens, this newly born feud, and go over to a feud that's been going on for a little while now, bubbling along under the surface, between Big E and Apollo Crews. There was a sit-down segment between them both, where Michael Cole would just sort of ask some generic questions to them, 
and you can sort of see the tempers bubbling up in but in both guys, but particularly Big E. Apollo would sort of taunt Big E in a way, and it would get to the point where Big E would get so angry that he rips his mic off, finds a golf cart with a cameraman clinging onto the back, presumably, from the shot that they did, and he would go across the stadium that the Thunderdome's in. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Tropicana Field. That's it, Tropicana Field. He'd go across the, the stadium in his golf cart shouting, Apollo, Apollo, I'm coming for you, <laughs> which made me laugh as well. Uh, he'd eventually see Apollo. Apollo would try and run, but Biggie would catch up with him and unleash a brutal attack on him. This is the sort of stuff that we want to see, that I want to see at least. Biggie looking strong, awesome, dominant, everything that people have been complaining about, about him being too goofy. He looked a serious character. It didn't sort of do anything bad against Apollo. Apollo still looked serious. And it's all good stuff. And I'm really, really looking forward to the match now at Fastlane. Yeah, we've been enjoying this feud for a number of weeks. And this was just a, a, a further step in the right direction for this feud for me. Um, still not sure about the way that both of them are delivering their promos. I it, it still say like Apollo's accent sounds so out of place to me still because obviously we've been so used to how he talked previously that it kind of makes his accent sound almost like a distraction. Like it's kind of like you 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 tend to focus on it, but. Over the coming weeks, I'm sure we'll begin to forget about that. And Big E's promo delivery style has changed as well to be this more intense. And again, that feels a little weird. It's just because it's new. It's not bad. It's just it's new. It's different. And that can come across as a bit bit alarming, a bit, bit strange. But again, it's one of those things where we've been, we have been enjoying this. And this was just more more of the what we've been enjoying with from them and Dingshin I don't think it's going to be match of the night because there's a lot of good matches surprisingly for Fastlane but I think it can be uh, a really entertaining uh, match that we get yeah I agree it's one that I'm definitely looking forward to and up there with the Reigns against Brian match which we'll discuss in a little in a little while but yeah I'm really looking forward to it for Fastlane another point this week on Smackdown that I wanted to talk about was the tag team division and there was some really good development in there for me this week. It would start off with the Dirty Dogs on commentary for a match between the Street Profits and the Mysterios. It was a good back-to-forth match, and the Mysterios would end up winning it with Dominic scoring a roll-up, I believe, on Angelo Dawkins' shock victory. But the Mysterios get a win and have sort of kind of a right to a number one contendership match. Street Profits arguably already had that right to an one contendership match because they're potentially one of the top tag teams in the division. It would go straight into Chad Gable coming out and saying to the Mysterios, oh, you think that win was something special? Blah, blah, blah. Taunted them into a match. And the Alpha Academy would end up having a match against Mysterios. And Otis looked dominant. Otis looked really strong. And they've sort of gone on, gone full on heel now, it mm. seems sort of no in-between with Otis now. He's just a heel, big dude. Um, And he'd end up scoring the win against the Mysterios. And it seems to me that we're going towards a multi-man match at WrestleMania for the championships. Potentially throw the Usos in there if Jimmy's back from injury and do another ladder match. I think it'll be cool at WrestleMania. And I just wanted to say, actually, that I thought Dolph Ziggler was really, really good on commentary this week. 
sort of added a flair in there that some wrestlers coming down from and sitting with the commentators don't often have. He sort of added something to the commentary. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, really good. Um, both matches were very entertaining and just by themselves, would I think we'd be talking about in a positive way. So as a whole segment, it definitely strengthened kind of the SmackDown tag division, um, which is definitely the, the stronger of the, the two at the minute. The, the potential for a multi-man match at WrestleMania, I think a fatal four-way style tag match could be amazing. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to see the Usos involved, although they're tremendously talented tag team wrestlers. I feel like they've got, they've got kind of their own story that's going to be developing, so I wouldn't want to kind of muddy the waters with that. But other than that, I think it'd be great. And I've been a fan of Dolph Ziggler for pretty much his entire career. Or at least his entire career was Dolph Ziggler. The less said about the Spirit Squad, the better. Um, he's... <laughs> They're in my Hall of Fame picks for the tag team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's he's one he's one of the best kind of across the board in a lot of stuff he does. Like he's great on the mic when given the right stuff to talk about. Great at selling and he's a great just in ring performer generally. Um, I don't think he's quite given the respect he deserves sometimes. Yeah, he. he he was great on uh, on commentary, um, and even that little jokiness with I can't remember who said it on the commentary team, but got their name wrong, called them the top dogs instead of the, the dirty dogs, and even that, even like little things yeah, like that. Yeah, Michael Cole. Yeah, I'm hoping this will be a, a good a good segment at WrestleMania. It might be a pre-show, we might get the main card. We just have to see how the story develops. But a fatal four-way could be could be something to talk about. Yeah, it could be some good some good spots, some good segments. I wouldn't be opposed, even if it was on the pre-show, but I wouldn't be opposed to like an elimination style match. So four teams, the last team standing kind of elimination match. That could be pretty entertaining. In fact, I want it. Give WWE, give me a four, a four, uh, a four-way <laughs> tag match with elimination rules. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, I'd take that. I'd absolutely take that. And this tag division, as well as the, de- the development with um, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and a couple of other things that happened on the show made me much higher on Wrestlemania this year than I was coming into the show I was sort of a bit undecided on it it kind of didn't really feel like Wrestlemania season but a lot of the developments on this show actually really got me excited for this year's Wrestlemania and that brings us nicely into the main event picture between Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan and Edge I'll quickly just go over as expected Edge won the match to become the enforcer at Fastlane against Jey Uso. That was kind of expected. It was a pretty good match, and throughout the night, um, they showed sort of clips of Edge's best moments on SmackDown because it was his first match in over 10 years, I believe. I think it was actually 11 years um, that he competed on SmackDown. But yeah, it was, it was a pretty decent match, what you'd expect between Edge and Jey Uso. You're not really going to get a bad match between those two. Edge would come out victorious, and afterwards, after the match, I think Daniel Bryan was on commentary. Yeah. Roman Reigns would spear edge out of his shoes um, and say to Daniel Bryan come on come in here and tap me out there you've been saying all night that you could tap me out come in here and tap me out so Daniel Bryan gets up goes to get in the ring and gets blindsided by Jey Uso gets rolled into the ring and then he gets speared out of his shoes it was all good stuff leading into the match at Fastlane and yeah I'm, I'm excited for it yeah, it, it makes you question what's going to happen at Fastlane because it te- there is a trend in WWE of whoever stands tall on the go-home show doesn't win. 
And that is a, that is a yeah. long-running trend. You see it a lot with, like, Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank. They'll have someone that looks like to be dominant, and then they're not going to win. And you do often see it with Championship. Normally on the go-home shows, they'll have... Neat, like they'll do like a neither man looking tall or the person that's going to lose getting the upper hand so that they don't look weak two nights in a row. So it does kind of give you a, a question for their match at first lane, which is obviously a good thing. You, you, you want to be unsure about who's going to win. You don't want to go into a pay-per-view match being like, well, obviously this is going to happen. Still, still kind of wish it was a special guest referee rather than special guest enforcer. You know, I kind of liked like the, the whole thing. They built up like Edge's biggest moments. Don't know if I would say they were his best moments because one of them was his retirement speech. But his like biggest moments <laughs> on SmackDown in little packages and kind of the match was was pretty good. There's some good storytelling in it with kind of uh, them trying to weaken each other down. I'm I'm, I'm expecting good things from the uh, the match on Sunday and I'm still hoping we get that triple threat at Mania. Yeah, I'd, I'd completely agree with everything you just said there, and it it sort of brings an air of anything can happen at first lane. There's so many different things that can happen in that main event and pretty much all of them will be good apart from Daniel Bryan not being involved in the main event now. I just really want him to be there. Yeah. I can't see it. If he's not involved in the main event, I can't see him fit in anywhere else in the card on WrestleMania. Unless of course he just has something with um, Jey Uso, but that would be a bit of a letdown. Yeah, that would feel like a bit of a yeah anti-climax, but there was a couple of other things to happen on SmackDown. Obviously, the women's d- division, it was just more of the same, to be honest. Nothing really of note happened. Sasha Banks defended her title against Nia Jax. There was sort of shenanigans in there involving Shayna Baszler. The less said about it, the better for me. I just really want this all to be over after Fastlane and just get into Bianca Belair versus uh, Sasha Banks. The women's tag team champions Shane and I have had a story that's been going over both shows for a number of weeks and we didn't really talk about it with Raw we saw Asuka come back and just like beat down mm-hmm. on Shayna Baszler on Raw they, they then set it up with this kind of little disagreement between Nia and Shayna mm-hmm. I don't know if they're gonna I don't think they're going to do this but I really want now because based on this for it's going to be bad for one one of the matches, like, but I kind of want to see Nia and Shayna split up so that we can get Shayna versus Asuka in like a good match at Mania. I feel that might be a potential route they go because it was meant to be Charlotte Flair and she was nowhere to be seen on Raw, but that would involve presumably something happening at fast lane with the tag team titles against Sasha and Bianca and I don't want to see them win the championship. So this whole story is is a bit it's a bit hard to kind of know where to stand on it because it's still really difficult to figure out what they're going to do. But hopefully when things start to become clearer we can look back on what's been happening and be like, Oh actually it was good. We just had to get through all the weirdness to get to the other, the other side. So at the minute, it is probably down kind of on the division. Across both brands, they're just kind of lost at the minute. But hopefully, all the pieces can fall into the right place and we can have some great stories coming forward. But that's kind of the only thing I would say about it is they just don't seem to know what to do. And I think the raw side is what's, what's 
is what's doing that and then leading it into the SmackDown side because obviously we had Lacey Evans was meant to be in the picture then she's got pregnant and she's now obviously can't wrestle. Then it was meant to be Charlotte Flair and I don't know if it is related to outside stuff but obviously there was this whole thing with um, Andrade, her fiancé, I want to say. I think they got engaged when his release and I don't know if that's played into a part but there was no Charlotte Flair on Raw. Like, what's the story kind of thing? I think that's kind of what's happening. Is They don't know what to do on one brand, and that's affecting the other. Because obviously this week, we had a great AW women's match. I don't want to talk about it too much, because we do have a lot to talk about. But um, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter that they really kind of brought the house down with a hard-hitting match. Uh, the main event of uh, Dynamite? Was it was, it? yeah. It was the main event of Dynamite, yeah. My favourite match of the year. So yeah. far, it was incredible. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, incredible. I'm not normally a big fan of matches involving thumbtacks. I'm a bit squeamish that way. But from the bits of it I saw, it was a highlight. And hopefully WWE can not necessarily match it in terms of like having a like a violent match. Because WWE tried to stay away from that a little bit. But just think like the quality of their, their division. Like, there's a lot of talented female wrestlers. Give them something good to do, WWE. I'd completely agree. The SmackDown Women's Division was so good for so long with Bailey and Sasha for all of last year. So let's get back to the heights of that. Sort the Raw Women's Division out again. It's not like you're short of talent. So I completely agree with your sentiments there. Right. I think that's pretty much the roundup of uh, the weekly television done now. So let's move on to a little bit of fun. The Big Question. So the big question this week is all to do with the Figure Forecast Hall of Fame and who we'd put into our own personal Hall of Fames. We've had a little bit of help this week from some of our friends at fellow podcasts about wrestling. I'd like to thank the Dammit Vince podcast and the Wrestle Things podcast. And we're going to start off with their picks, who they'd put in the Hall of Fame. Starting off with Wrestling Things picks. So here you go. What's happening, people? It's your boy Del Boy here from the Rest Things Podcast. Big shouts to our guys over at Figure Forecast. And if I was to induct anyone into the WWE Hall of Fame, it would 100% be Bam Bam Bigelow. I think it's an absolute outrage. It's an absolute... The audacity to the fact that he hasn't been nominated yet. It's, it's absolutely crazy. I feel like he's someone that's definitely been a pioneer in terms of like the agile big man style. You know, as much as his WWE run wasn't necessarily the greatest, but his WCW run was mental, you know, and just overall his wrestling career has been crazy. So, you know, from his run in New Japan, ECW, WWE, WCW, like he's he's been an absolute workhorse and he's just someone that I think definitely deserves to be given his flowers. So, yeah, 100% Bam Bam Bigelow. So Bam Bam Bigelow is an interesting pick and I tend to agree that he's been very, very overlooked and it sort of surprised me that he wasn't in the Hall of Fame already. It, he's sort of one of those names that you kind of expect to already be in the Hall of Fame. So for him to not be in there is a huge surprise to me. And I'd say, yeah, get him in there ASAP. Yeah, it's not someone I uh, immediately jumped to my mind, but yeah, he was tremendously talented. So why he's not in there... Uh, who knows, but yeah, I reckon he's a he's This a is pick. WWE after all. So throwing it over to our friends at the Damn It Vince podcast, here's what they think. 
Hello, it's Butch from Dammit Vince here, Dammit Vince Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And we want to ask you, what about one of the most creative minds of the Attitude Era, one of the most underrated on the mic and in the ring, the 27 times hardcore champion and originator of the comic book ring gear before it was cool? We're asking, what about me? What about Raven? So Raven is another excellent pick for the Hall of Fame. He's a hardcore legend, if you want to call him that, and he's been in so many hard-hitting, awesome matches over the year. He's another one that should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame, and I know he's sort of a cult hero for a lot of people. I remember his run in TNA, sort of in the early to mid-2000s, and he was even good then. So get him in WWE, get him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's not someone uh, that I'm too familiar with. A lot of his stuff was outside of uh, the time I was watching wrestling. But he has made numerous lists and videos that lots of other people have uploaded to like YouTube and stuff that I've watched um, as well. So I'm a little bit familiar with some of his uh, kind of storylines and stuff like that. And uh, another deserving member of a Hall of Fame induction. So thanks to our friends at the Damn It Vince podcast and the Wrestle Things podcast, two really, really good podcasts and content creators. If you don't follow them already, follow them and listen to what they do. Good stuff. Get on it. But moving over to our Hall of Fame picks now, we've got five categories that we're going to do. We're going to have a headliner, a men's pick, a women's pick, a tag team, and a non-wrestler. But just before we start, for the Figure Forecast Hall of Fame, I just want to give a brief rundown of what we've kind of discussed. These are going to be wrestlers that were important to us, kind of, and what we know about wrestling. There will be lots, kind of, before we watched that may be more deserving, but this will be people that are kind of our personal, our personal Hall of Famers. They were very important for our wrestling kind of history. And they don't need to not be in the WWE Hall of Fame. This is kind of like a separate thing. So they already are a Hall of Famer. They would still be available to kind of pick. And we would like to know, if you're listening to this, what your opinions are and who you'd put in. So we'll leave our social media at the end of the podcast. And then we'd like to hear from you if you have any uh, additional picks you'd like to put in. My first pick for the figure forecast Hall of Fame is... Rob Van Dam, RVD, he is someone that I loved when I was growing up, he is one of those guys that could just do everything, he was pretty good on the mic, he was sort of a cross between a high flyer and sort of, not a technical wrestler, but just someone that's good in the ring, and he was someone that I just absolutely loved. I loved his when he won the WWE title and the ECW title at the same time. And he was a main eventer. He was in tag teams. He literally did it all from ECW, WWE. Um, I think, And I think he's an impact now as well. So him going into the WWE Hall of Fame, yeah, it might not happen until he leaves impact. But he's someone that I loved and I would put him in my Hall of Fame. So Rob Van Dam is a great pick. Not someone I've put down. Um, he didn't really crossed my mind immediately but he is well deserved of a hall of fame entrant but interestingly my pick for the men's also does share a similar move uh i have picked eddie guerrero now i was back and forth about whether to put him as my headline pick or my men's pick but 
I'm picking him as my men's pick. And obviously, he was very good wrestler both before I started watching wrestling and like when some of his, the early wrestling memories I have involve watching Eddie Guerrero wrestle. Um, tragically taken from us uh, way too early, but he's he's who I would I'd put in. Um, his matches kind of like and feud with Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, and Batista are some highlights for me of the early days of me watching wrestling. Obviously, he had some tremendous stuff uh, before that, but those were kind of big moments. And of course, beating Brock Lesnar for the WWE title is such a feel-good moment. If you, I didn't watch it live, but going back and watching it, he's great. So he, he's my pick. That's a fantastic pick. Can't argue with that at all. He's obviously already been honoured by the WWE Hall of Fame, and now he's been honoured by the Figure Forecast Hall of Fame. What I've done is sort of think of people that sort of haven't been honoured by WWE so far, and but were sort of a big part of my wrestling experience growing up. So let's move over to the women's think, side of the figure forecast Hall I, of Fame. I think potentially all of my picks may be have been honoured by WWE already, <laughs> having looked down them. Oh, that's fine. But <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. So my women's pick, I was thinking, who was sort of a massive star back then, and didn't necessarily get the recognition that she perhaps deserved. This woman wasn't the best wrestler. She was probably an awful wrestler, actually, in the nicest possible way. But she was a huge star and a huge draw. And the woman that I'm going to pick is Sable. Okay. And Sable was involved in some huge storylines with Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon. And she's, I think she's married to Brock Lesnar in real life now. But I just remember her being sort of a prominent figure of me growing up, watching wrestling when I was younger. And, I, and she is my pick. For... Making women's wrestling good, because when we started watching, we would have started watching during the Divas days, where yeah. you're more likely to see an evening gown match than uh, <laughs> a good match. Um, an actual wrestling match, yeah. And although I'm sure we were entertained by it back in the day, you kind of look on it now that it wasn't the best. I think a big part of it came about... In the last five, six years, we've seen women's wrestling in WWE actually get the uh, the showing it deserves. And I feel like a big part of that was Paige. So I'm going to pick okay, her that's interesting. as my my pick. She wasn't the only one. There was a lot uh, that were in there. But I feel like most of the others are, are still active. And unfortunately, Paige... Uh, suffered her neck injury and isn't able to wrestle. So I kind of wanted to pick wrestlers and things like that who aren't currently active. So I'm gonna pick I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Paige because she deserves the recognition for kind of helping WWE with their women's division. Some of her stuff with AJ Lee and with kind of like the four horsemen of women's wrestling in WWE were amazing moments and. That is something that deserves to be recognised. That's a great pick again, and I'm glad you mentioned AJ Lee, because she goes hand-in-hand with Paige, I think. Her, sort of, Caitlin, it's kind of the generation before Paige came in. I think they were the guys that, or the girls, if you want, that kind of kick-started the early seeds of the 
women's evolution slash revolution. So yeah, yeah, Paige can't argue with that. Great wrestler, and it's just a shame her career was cut short. Let's move on to the next class or the next um, wing of our Hall of Fame, and it's the tag teams. The tag team that I have picked, both of the wrestlers are still active in different companies, uh, one in WWE and one in AEW. They, along with Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys, sort of innovated the extreme matches, the ladder matches. You've got a smirk on your face. I think you know who they are. You maybe pick them as well. It's the Hardy Boys. So many insane matches back in the day. Those first TLC matches were just things that people have never seen before on TV, extreme matches, the things that they put their bodies through. It's actually a wonder that they're both working week in, week out. I think Matt's sort of a bit worse for wear than Jeff, but they are incredible and they are my pick for the tag team. Can't disagree. The fact that they're both still competing is uh, a statement of itself because some of their moments they could should definitely have shortened careers. Um, I, I, I was smirking kind of during that because... I had that thought uh, as I was going through the tag team for who I'd pick. The Hardy Boys did cross my mind, but as I said before, I wanted to pick people who aren't currently wrestling. That also took out Edge and Christian, so my pick was the Dudley Boys. As far as I know, they're not okay. active. I think I think they may have some independent work, but in terms of mainstream wrestling, um, they are not active at the minute and like their, their table spot shenanigans in both ECW and WWE were always a highlight and to this this to this day if they appear you get the crowd chanting Devo and get the tables yeah it's it's a leg they have that legacy and it is some some of the best kind of early days wrestling and they've done tremendous stuff for a long time they keep coming back every so often and then you get some bits but for me they were probably the most entertaining stuff I've saw, seen in tag divisions a lot of tag team wrestlers when they kind of split up they have their own uh, own paths um, but I feel like the, the Dudley boys their tag team work is kind of what they'll be remembered let's go to the non-wrestler pick that we've both picked yeah just... now my non-wrestling pick I, I think you may have picked a celebrity or someone like that i've picked someone that has given us great memories and moments throughout the year sort of a company's moments if you want but probably a lot of people don't know who he is and my pick is jim johnston now jim johnston is and was i should say the composer for WWE and wrote some of the theme songs that we've grown to know and love. Just a few of them, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Undertaker, Brock Lesnar. They're all songs that we know and that we'll probably never forget and accompany moments that have gone down in history that we'll never forget. So my pick is Jim Johnston. That is an excellent pick and exactly why I wanted to have the non-wrestler category um my my pick is uh a little bit controversial um <laughs> oh dear here we go i i'm picking don't be john laurinaitis it's not john laurinaitis it might be more controversial <laughs> i am picking vincent don't kennedy with man rod- Oh, I thought you could say the anonymous <laughs> <Ford> gm <laughs> no i'm pin- i'm picking vince- the laptop i'm picking vince mcmahon and okay 
the reason is because he will never. I don't, he won't acknowledge himself as a Hall of Fame pick for the WWE. Um, at least we don't think he will. But we wouldn't have wrestling that we enjoy. At least me and Sam uh, without Vince McMahon. And although we're going to disagree on his more recent kind of decisions about things, for the simple fact of what he did to wrestling and what he has given us, whether it be WrestleMania or just kind of some of the individual moments feuding with like Stone Cold, everyone's going to have a moment of Vince McMahon that they kind of remember. And I'm, although I don't agree with everything he does, I feel like he's got to go in, right? For the for for the first one, like just because of all of his accomplishments, I couldn't think of someone else, someone kind of more deserving as kind of a, an actual wrestling hall of fame than Vince McMahon for a non wrestler. Uh, I don't think anyone can argue with that at all, and for the simple fact that people our age, probably ninety nine point nine percent of them that like wrestling, got into wrestling because of the WWE. And that was due to Vince McMahon. I don't think you can argue with that at all. So, bravo. <laughs> it, might, it. it might well be done. controversial to some, but I kind of I had to. I had to pick it. Well, I'd argue that the people that it's controversial to probably all have neck beards. So let's move on um, <laughs> to our headline picks. So <laughs> I was thinking of a lot of people for my headline pick, and I I didn't want to pick someone obvious. If I was going to go for someone obvious, I would have actually gone for John Cena. John Cena was my favourite wrestler as a child, early teens growing up. He's who I was, I guess he was aimed at me. So that's who I would have picked. But I was thinking of someone who has transcended wrestling within the last year uh, for non-wrestling reasons. When he was in wrestling, he was part of my favourite tag team growing up, actually. Um, and that was Crime Time. So my headline pick is Shad Gaspar. I love Crime Time when they were in WWE. I thought they were incredible. I thought they were really funny. There was something that I'd never seen before. And I remember when I was in primary school going around my friend, my friend Nathan's house and pretending to be Crime Time and wrestling <laughs> each other and then doing stuff like that. They actually had a, a good program with John Cena. But obviously, within the last year, Shad has unfortunately passed away. He died, I guess, as a hero trying to save his son in the sea. And he did actually save his son. And unfortunately, he, he passed away. So my headliner is Shad Gaspar. That is a very worth, worthy uh, pick. Um, everything you've said there is... Uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't disagree with it. Like, his wrestling career was entertaining um, for the most part. And his stuff outside of wrestling is heroic so there is few uh, people who could uh, disagree with that pick um mine was not so enlightened pick i i sat down to think about it in the terms of who would you pick as the the top stars of, of wrestling and there were a number of names that you would have to throw out there you had people like hulk hogan and stone cold but they were before my time, and you have already mentioned my pick, so uh, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of, I, I am picking John Cena as the kind of headline pick for uh, for the Hall of Fame. He 
has been in WWE the entire the entire time I have been a wrestling fan. I've always been a fan of Cena, even when he was at his most hated. I was still a fan, and I don't think I would be a wrestling fan today if it wasn't for John Cena and the kind of stories he was involved in. There's a lot of bad ones. His his kind of thing with the Nexus is not something to be revered, but everything kind of from his rap gimmick all the way up to his kind of story with The Rock and even things like last year with The uh, Fiend have been incredibly entertaining and always a highlight. So it's the obvious answer, but I've got to pick John Cena. I don't think anyone can argue with that. People might like the character or not, but you don't stay at the top of the game without being a star. So that's it. The headliners of the Figure Forecast Hall of Fame, John Cena and Shad Gaspar, two completely deserving picks for the Hall of Fame. And thus concludes the Hall of Fame ceremony in your best Howard Finkel voice, Damien. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not even going to attempt that impression. As I said at the beginning, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on, on both our picks and who you would pick. If they're more personal like picks, but maybe not as recognised, that would be that would be great. But sometimes you've got to pick the really obvious ones. So we would like to hear from those as yeah. well. WWE do their Hall of Fame yearly, but maybe we should have a mini kind of addition every so often to kind of keep this as a, as I thought, rather than waiting until next March and April to discuss it again. But um, it was, it's been a fun like, little exercise for the last week or so trying to think of deserving men and women for these, this hall of fame. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun, but let's get down to business. This weekend is another pay-per-view for WWE, WWE fast name which means another predictions contest. WWE predictions. Currently, the scores are Sam, the figure of Dibley, the fig show, two, Big Daddy Cross, nil. It sounds nice. It's got a nice ring to it. No, it doesn't. Yeah, so before we start our predictions, we should probably announce our punishment. Um, this, this time, we're going to be taking part in... Fast pain. <laughs> the, the, the theme uh, for this is going to be a chili challenge. Now, the specifics have not been decided because as a little added addition to this with this punishment, the winner will be deciding the specifics for the loser. But the agreed upon terms is that the loser will be required to eat something spicy and then record their reaction uh, to it. This could be bad, um, depending on how mean we are to each other. If you have any ideas, when by the time this is this podcast has gone live, you probably it'll be well, it'll go live tomorrow before the pay per view. But when you're listening to this, you may already know which of us has lost. If you want to send some suggestions to the winner, that would be something you can do as well. I'm I'm optimistic for this one. Yeah. So if you do want to send those suggestions to the winner, my Twitter handle is at Sammy G. So send them in there. All right, thank you. Anyway, going into the predictions, <laughs> let's jump right in. And I think the first match we should discuss is the Intercontinental Championship match. Big E, Apollo Crews. I'll start off with my prediction. I'm going to go that Big E 
is going to retain his title. Okay, any particular reason why? Don't have a particular reason. No. I just think Biggie's going okay. to win. Uh, I, I think this is one that can go either way. But I've, agree with that. I've gone for Apollo. Fantastic, we've already got a difference. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think the storyline is going to continue, but I wouldn't... Uh, I mean, Big E could probably win it. I just think Apollo's potentially the more likely uh, the winner there. Great. So we've already got one difference. Let's move on to the women's tag team match. Nia and Shayna Baszler versus Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Bit of deja vu. And it's what won me the last predictions. So I think you should start with yeah. your prediction for this match. So I think so last time I predicted that the challengers were going to win. To be honest, I think that could still happen. Although there's less time in the story. And now I hope it doesn't happen. So I'm going to pick the champions to retain. I actually have them to retain as well. So we've got the same pick there. Uh, at least they can't cost me th- another punishment. Has your leg hair grown back since then? Um, Partially. Okay, wonderful. Okay, so we've got the same pick for that. Let's go to Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. I think this one's a pretty clear-cut one to me, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have the same predictions. Could be wrong, but I can only see Drew McIntyre winning going into the main event of WrestleMania, so he's got to look strong. He's got to go over Sheamus, so my pick is Drew McIntyre. Yeah, it, the way it's kind of the story's been set up, it makes the most sense, and I I think Drew is going to soften up Sheamus ready for my match against him, so Drew to win. <laughs> There it is, he's calling him out again. Let's get into a match that was made on SmackDown, or is at least announced on SmackDown. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins. It's obviously tying into the Cesaro story. I think, because of that, for me, is leading into that match with Cesaro, that Seth Rollins is going to win and go on to WrestleMania to face Cesaro. Yeah, uh, Seth's first big match back as well. He needs the momentum more than Nakamura. Unfortunately, unless of course there's some shenanigans, Seth has got to win that one, I think. Okay, so we got the same one on that as well. Um, another match that was announced yesterday: Matt Riddle versus Mustafa Ali for the United States Championship. I'm going for Mustafa Ali to win. I think if there's going to be any sort of credibility left for Retribution, he has to win. Don't know what's going to happen in the match. I feel like it might be a, it might be a pre-show one again. It could. It's, there's a lot of matches on the card because of that. I think it's going to be a, there's going to be a continuation of the story. I don't think the title is going to change hands. I'm hoping that it's that Riddle wins, but it's not a clean match. Rather than Ali wins but doesn't get the title. So I'm going for Riddle. Um, I think the, I think the story is going to carry on. It might be a little too soon for Riddle to lose the championship, but maybe we get a pre-show match at Mania where Ali wins. I do agree though that Retribution are on a are on the edge of kind of uh, their story. So hopefully they look good, but they don't. But Ali doesn't win. That's kind of what I want to see from that one. Okay, so your pick is Matt Riddle. Yeah, my pick is Matt Riddle. Okay, we got another difference there. Yeah. Now we get into the interesting matches, the juicy ones where. Things are going to happen. So let's go for Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. Now, I don't think either of us think this match is just going to be a straight one-on-one match. I think what's 
what's best here is I think we both think there's going to be a no finish. I think no finish is likely. Okay. Well, we can't we can't put that as a prediction. No. So this is what I think is going to happen. I think that they're going to tease that the match is going to start off. They might do a lock up. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton do a lock up, and it looks like they're just going to have a straight match, and then. Let me in. Comes on. Lights go down. <laughs> and the fiend is resurrected. And he hints of the fiend every single week. But he appears at Fastlane to make Randy's knees weak. Then he comes back. And like you said earlier, I think he's going to have a different look. And specifically, I think he's going to have a different mask. A slightly different mask. Um, I don't know what that mask is going to look like, but... Fiend is absolutely going to return and attack Randy and lead into this match at WrestleMania. So that's my prediction. Yeah. So when I was writing down a prediction for this, my kind of thought was rather than who's going to get the victory, because I'm not expecting there to be a pinfall or submission, um, my kind of thought was who's going to be standing tall at the end? Now, how we get to that, I don't know. But I have the kind of prediction that Alexa Bliss needs to come out as the the victor of kind of the the, the segment, she's her and the fiend and needs to be the one standing tall so that you can bit, carry on that build to mania. Um, whether she literally wins or not is up for debate. It could be a case of like Randy Orton like RKO's her and then the fiend interferes, sort of thing. But I've gone for I've gone for Alexa Bliss. I do feel like this is gonna be one of those matches that we're gonna have. Well, I think we picked the same. We picked the same. So I was worried that we're gonna have different picks and have to try and figure out who won. I don't think there's gonna be a clear cut winner. Story winner has to be Alexa Bliss, and that's who I'm picking. Okay, I think the Fiend's gonna sort of stand tall with Alexa. So I guess that's a similar kind of pick. This is the Got will they won't they match. Um, it was announced on Raw. Then it was taken off of the website midweek and then it was advertised again on Smackdown. I don't know as of right now if it's back on their website or not, but something's got to happen with that story uh, at Firestone. It's another one of, I'm not sure we can get, we're going to, we might have to discuss who's going to be the actual winner. But for me, I've, I've picked Braun. Now, it would make more sense for Shane to be the winner and that Braun comes back for him at WrestleMania. But I'm not going for, for Braun to be the literal winner. I'm having it as a kind of... Shane tries to avoid the match. So Braun wins, but he doesn't get his hands on Shane. And that's my opinion. I, I think it might be a case of Braun comes out to the ring, and he's like waiting for Shane to come out. Shane just, just no-shows, just doesn't turn up. And in that case, in that situation, I think you've got to class Braun as the winner there. But... I don't know if... Okay. That's kind of what my prediction is. Interesting. Okay, so my... If there is a match between them, I'm going for Shane McMahon to win with assistance from Raw Underground legend Dabakato. And the match at WrestleMania being Dabakato and Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman in a handicap match. That's if there's a match that happens. Now, if there's not a match that happens and there's just a segment... I think what's going to happen is furthering the Braun being a dumb shit um, storyline. Uh, no one will have told Braun that 
there's a match. So he's just going running around backstage like the T-Rex that he is with a peanut brain going, Shane, where's Shane? I've got a match with Shane. Where is he? I'm going to rip his head off. And yeah, just running around like a T-Rex, maybe throw some goobers against some walls because he's angry. And that's what's going to happen if there's no match. <laughs> okay, so your prediction though is Shane to to win. Yeah, if there's a match, Shane McMahon's winning. So this this might be one where we have to we might have to put it to our listeners and our our fans on who gets the point for this one because there is a difference. So it's going to be a segment to watch yeah, closely okay. um, to decide who get should get the point for for that one. Hopefully, it doesn't come down to that. <laughs> You've gone a little out there. Your prediction is that Shane and Dabakota win. <laughs> I feel like if there's no interference or no involvement of another person, you shouldn't get the point. <laughs> well, no. Fuck off. No, I'm just going Shane McMahon. And then I'll say what I think would happen. But no matter what happens, I think Shane McMahon's going to win. Okay. Well, I think you've gone a little bit too fantasy booking in that match. That's the mistake I normally make. and I've tried to avoid it this time. That could come back to bite you in the uh, in the ass, especially if I give you something really spicy. Ha 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 ha. Right, let's go what I presume is going to be the main event, the Universal title match. Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns. I'm going Roman Reigns to win. I think there's going to be shenanigans. Don't know what the shenanigans are going to be, but I think Roman's going to win. Yeah, uh, I I'm hoping there's shenanigans. I kind of want there to be a. That's gonna sound terrible. I I want there to be an. I want there. I'm not predicting it. Um, I want there to be a non-finish. I feel like that's a way to get to the uh, triple threat of Mania in a very WWE way. But I think the plan is still the one-on-one Edge versus Roman. So my prediction is also that Roman to win. But I'm, I'm hoping for the, the screwy finish to set up the triple threat. <laughs> yeah, prediction, Roman Reigns. I think we are going to get the triple threat, which differs from you. But yeah, we both pick Roman Reigns. Um, so yeah, how many differences do we have? Uh, so we've got three. So the matches uh, to look out for, if you are interested in who, which of us is going to be suffering the punishment, is the Big E versus Apollo match, the Braun versus Shane segment, and the Riddle versus Ali segment. Those are the three differences we have. So yeah, best out of best out of three. First, first to two points really, because the rest of the matches are all obviously the kind of the same results. Let's hope. Let's hope uh, it goes well. I do want you to do a third punishment. So yes, let's hope that it does go well for me. But we've run extremely long this week. Yeah, it's apologies been, for running so long. It's I been an hour and a it. half. It's been an hour and a half for us, but I don't know how long it will be. There's some uh, some segments to kind of cut down like where uh, we've been kind of trying to find information for you guys. So hopefully it won't be quite as long. But it, well, I did say at the yeah. beginning it was a packed show. <laughs> it certainly has been. You, they can call you many things, but they can't call you a liar, Damien. But another enjoyable show for us. Thank you for listening. Over to Damien for the socials. Yeah, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Figure4UK. We post occasional thoughts on resting as it happens over there, as well as being able to keep updated on like punishments and things like that. Uh, we have a Facebook page. You can find uh, the figure forecast. That is a little bit less updated as Twitter, but there is content available on there as well. And for looking out for, for new punishment videos, as well as the previous two, you can follow us on 
YouTube at The Figure Forecast. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoy Fast Lane, and uh, we look forward to recording our next episode for you.